Welcome to the Get Fit with Masi podcast, hosted by your girl Masiel, aka Masi, from getfitwithmasi.com. I'm here to help you get fit as a busy professional woman of color and teach you everything I've learned about losing weight and feeling great without limiting your diet. On this podcast, I'll be giving you my best advice, trainings, and mindset shifts so you can one, burn fat and get snatched and build muscle in all the right places, two, be your own body goals, and three, most importantly, build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle you can be proud of. Welcome to episode one of season three. This episode is brought to you by none other than Get Fit With Masi, my own business, and I'm my own sponsor because, hello, I am the founder, and I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Confidence Blueprint. So for those of you who are new listeners and new to our community, Get Fit With Masi is my online fitness coaching company for women, primarily women of color, who want to build a strong foundation of habits to help them get healthy while balancing work, school, career, and family. If you've been in my community, you already know that we have a signature one-on-one private coaching program and a group program called the Academy that both utilize my signature framework, the Confidence Blueprint. Now, one-on-one coaching is the most popular program that we offer, and it teaches you all about how to change your mindset by helping you build a habit of prioritizing your own needs and learning to be more consistent, creating comfort in the kitchen, so eating healthier with macros, calories, portion control, having confidence in the gym and actually working out and knowing what you're doing, how to lose the weight and keep it off, how to have a better understanding of fitness for you, and finally understanding how to do and keep up with a fit and healthier life. So achieving these goals helps women become more confident and love the bodies that they're in, which is why I called, I termed this signature framework, the confidence blueprint. Okay. So if you have not heard of that yet and are interested, and that seems like something you would and could benefit from, go ahead and check out more information at the website, which is getfitwithmasi.com, and that's spelled M-A-S-S-I slash private coaching. Let's talk about the episode coming up right now. Brittany Scott is the guest, and she is a licensed professional counselor. In other words, she's a therapist, and we're going to be talking all about self-sabotage. Brittany is also the owner of Unshattered Counseling Services. She received a bachelor's from the University of Texas at San Antonio in psychology and her master's from Adams State University in clinical mental health counseling. So one of the many reasons I invited Brittany to have this conversation with us is because she is trained in cognitive behavioral therapy and trauma-informed care. So as a clinician, she and I have very similar philosophies in how we build relationships with our clients and what really works for long-term behavioral change. So the Competence Blueprint Signature Framework has three pillars, mental health, which is the biggest pillar, nutrition, and then fitness. So if you feel like you have a negative voice in your head that's always making you beat yourself up, Brittany is about to spill the tea, honey, with us on how to manage that voice. So Brittany is experienced at serving women of color in this professional capacity, and she also just happens to be one of my former one-on-one clients inside of private coaching in the Confidence Blueprint. So I had a blast talking to her, and we really just kept it real. We had a conversation. I took lots of questions from my community, and this is probably the most valuable hour of podcast content you'll hear this year. Honestly, this is the longest podcast episode I probably will ever have. 
on here maybe let let me not say ever we might have some other ones but typically my podcast episodes are really short but since this was more of an interview style um and it had a lot of q a component it's gonna be pretty long so just prepare your eardrums all right so when i first started my fitness journey i remember solely focusing on fitness because that's kind of like what you see on instagram what you see online like just train hard just go to the gym but it does really take way more than just fitness this fitness component to be successful it takes more than the nutrition component to be successful which is why i created the confidence blueprint because mindset the mental health piece is huge your mindset your mental health directly impacts your mindset and what you're able to do or not do so many of my clients struggle with insecurity anxiety and making excuses for not eating more healthy and not working out so they may stay late at work without planning to do so which results in having to eat out because they dedicate so much time to work and school or family that they don't have the energy to cook or to you know work out So a lot of the times their brain knows what they should be doing, but they have trouble translating it into action out of fear, out of lack of self-worth, or they become their worst enemy because when they make progress, they give themselves excuses to reward themselves with treats and end up where they started or worse. And this is what we call self-sabotage. So what we talk a lot about in this episode is the power of coaching therapy, how to manage these thoughts. And if you learn something from this episode and you want to share it, go ahead and post your favorite quote on IG stories and tag us so we can shout you out. All right, without further ado, here's the episode. Brittany and I, when did we meet? I think we met like three or four years ago. We were in like a business program together. Yeah. Online business program together. And uh, we were just both like hustling, trying to get our businesses off the ground. And um, as we both kind of went our separate ways, Brittany actually came on to work with me. We started last year as she was really thinking about getting ready for her wedding. And we worked together as one-on-one client, as um, she was my one-on-one client, my former one-on-one client. And she had amazing results in the program. And so I'm so excited to have her here because she went through the process of really thinking about what it takes to lose weight, how to keep it off, and how to sustain the mental aspect of it. And then she has her own professional experience in counseling teens and women on how to get over these mental barriers. So, Brittany, you want to tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little bit more about your practice? Yeah, so um, I'm Brittany. I am from um, Texas, from San Antonio, Texas. Currently, I'm living in Louisiana. My fiance is active duty military. Um, So we're stationed um, in North Louisiana. And I finished school in 2017, so about two years ago, um, to be a counselor. And um, I first kind of jumped into the career as an in-home therapist. So I was driving to people's homes. And that's when I started with Mosty. And I was like sitting in my car and then sitting in people's houses, and then getting back in my car to sit, to drive to the next house to sit, my weight completely changed. Um, But so that's how I started my career. And now I've transitioned out of that. I'm not going to people's homes anymore. And I have started my business as doing, um, they call it telehealth or teletherapy. Um, Everything is through video so that I can reach um, more people in the states that I'm licensed in. And um, that way it's more accessible to busy people, busy moms. You can't take off work once a week to go and see a therapist. Um, Like you just, you don't have enough time in the day to actually take the time to go to a therapist's office. 
and spend that hour there and then get back on with your day. So the telehealth gives people more um, flexibility to be able to see a therapist. Okay, awesome, awesome. So we put this together because I get so many questions about like mental health and self-sabotage and like with a lot of my clients, so I have two different programs. One is like a one-on-one individual coaching, and then the other is the group program. And I see some similarities within both programs where women are doing really well, but then like one thing will happen or they'll forget to eat a meal or they'll skip a workout or something happens and it completely derails them from their goal. And what I saw with working with you is that even when you had those moments, you were able to kind of like reel yourself in and be consistent. And so I asked the community to send me their questions because I know a lot of people, they're they're kind of interested in therapy or they know that there are some mental health stuff that they need to overcome, but they're not super comfortable, like either talking to a therapist or like having someone they trust. I was like, you know what? I know somebody and I think she would love to come on and talk. So I have some questions that um, were submitted that I want to ask you, but first, can you tell us like, so two things. One is what's the difference between like, a licensed professional counselor so what you are and like a therapist and or is that the same thing it is the same thing the counselor and therapist is almost interchangeable there are some smaller differences that some people use but really when you're looking for it it's interchangeable um the licensed part comes from the state and so if you want somebody to where you're going to be protected by seeing them You want someone who's licensed because then the state is basically following them and tracking what they do. If they're not licensed by the state and they do something that's unethical, that's illegal, that makes you feel uncomfortable, you can't report them to anybody. There's no one overseeing them. You have no protection. Um, And so state boards are in every state and the state board isn't for me. Like I have to go through them to get the licensing part of it but they're here for the community to protect them. They're not really here for me. And so if you get someone who's not licensed by your state, you can't report them anywhere. Okay, got it. And so before we get into the questions, can you talk about maybe what are some of like the biggest misconceptions about like therapy or mental health that you've noticed? Um, the biggest one is that we're gonna tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's not my life, it's your life. Um, I also don't want you to sue me when something doesn't work because you can. And so I'm not going to give you that chance to do that. Um, we are here to, as guidance, as a completely different perspective. When I hear stories, I'm pulling apart your story in a way that your family can't do. Um, I am opening up your eyes and your mind and, and basically, basically making you see that story from an outsider's perspective. Mm-hmm. And that helps you to make the changes because you, you're you not able to see it in the way that I am because I'm completely objective and I know how to pull apart your story. Okay. All right. Got it. And then is there is there anything that you feel like over-encompasses like the self-sabotage, like any one thing that you want to say like before we get started with the questions? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's okay. what I was okay. Yeah, go ahead, but no. Okay, All right, so we'll get into the question. So the first question that we got from one of the women in our community is, what are some techniques techniques to quiet my negative voice? Okay, I like this question. Um, 
And I'm going to tell you, the reason I said no is because all of these questions are hard to answer as a blanket statement because we self-sabotage, we have negative voices, we get down on ourselves because of some reason. And in order to make a blanket statement wouldn't satisfy everybody's reason is why it started. Um, But one technique that may help that I'm trying to think of things that could be a blanket thing to help everybody here. Um, Give your negative voice a name. Call her Susan. Like, like that your actual name? Like no, no, yeah, someone else's name. This is not, it's not who you want to be. It's not who you are. And she's derailing you. Susan is taking you off course. She's messing everything up. You're going to call her Susan. We're going to give her a name. And then you have to stop her. Tell her, look, I hear you, but today is not the day. I, you are not in charge today. I am. That's right, uh-huh. Susan. Don't complain. <laughs> Don't come for me, Susan. Yes. So that's one thing that can help everybody. And I know that's really vague, but um, I like I need to know why, why, where this voice came from. And a lot of times the voice came from somewhere. Maybe it was your mom who was so hard on you. Every time you did something, it was never enough. And that voice is her. Um, That's one example that kind of comes up. It's starting from somewhere. And when you, when, when you work with a therapist, She's going to help you, he or she, but they're going to help you figure out where that voice started. Mm. So for now, she's Susan, and Susan is not, you know, you're not here to play with her today. <laughs> I love that. I love, And I love that response because I also get a lot of questions that I think are very specific, um, and it's hard to, like, give an answer that's going to help everybody, but I think that that's awesome because now yeah. I'm even thinking about naming her Susan and being like, damn, Susan, stop coming to me when I'm having a bad day. So that's, that's great advice. Okay, the next question is, do you have any techniques to help when we start getting down on ourselves for slipping up with eating or missing a workout? Um, Show yourself some grace. We mess up everywhere. We may, everybody makes mistakes. We're human. At work, when you make a mistake, are you fired? Maybe not the first time. Maybe after the fourth or fifth time, sure. But the first time, no, you're not. And so give yourself some grace to get right back on there. Um, one mistake isn't going to cost you every, like all of the progress you made. But if you take that one mistake and say, okay, all the 10 pounds I lost is now over. I gained it all back with this one mistake. I can never do it again. It's probably not even true. You probably get on the scale and saw one or two pounds, which could be water, could be gas. Could, like you're, you're applying it to this one mistake and it probably didn't derail you that much. So give yourself some grace. Like I messed up. I could have had more self-control. Maybe I didn't have it in that moment, but tomorrow I will. And just keep going. Like, it's not the end of the world. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so I know that some of the stuff that we got in terms of questions were very internal. So, like, Mm -hmm. negative self-talk or how do I quiet the negative voice in my head? And another one of the questions that we got was how to overcome, like, the negative talk from others. And I thought that this was really good, especially because... (laughs) When we're on a weight loss journey, when we're on a fitness journey, I mean, really any journey, but specifically weight loss, people always got something to say. Um, 
And it can be difficult if the person or the people who have things to say are people who are close to you, like your husband, your boyfriend, your partner. And so the question that we got was like, how do I overcome negative talk from others? So for example, like when your husband um, is talking to you in a condescending way of saying like, you know, maybe I don't know why you're talking to like whoever, you're not going to lose weight or I don't know why you're signing up for the gym again. Like nothing is going to change. Like how do you deal with the negative talks or words that you hear from others who are close to you? Okay, so I have two parts to this answer. Okay. First one, um, tell them that what you just heard hurt you. Okay, you don't have to be mean or negative back because when we do that, we basically create a, a defense mechanism. So when we meet them with what they gave us, so you're never gonna do it anyway, why'd you sign up? Um, and we say something negative back, they're gonna have something negative back to say. That's like, we become defensive and we protect ourselves. So instead of saying something negative back, say what you just said hurt me, I'm trying, I'll prove you wrong. Okay, and you don't have anything else to say to them about it. And then in, in between what, in what you're doing, so like weight loss, they say you're never going to do it and they have no, like they're not happy to see you start the journey. Give yourself your own rewards along the way. And so reward yourself because they clearly aren't going to until you reach the huge end goal. So you're gonna put places in there for yourself to help you keep going. And um, so on the weight loss journey, don't reward yourself with food. I learned that from Aussie. Um, <laughs> but so reward yourself, I, I don't know. Um, oh, another, okay, so when Masi told me not to reward myself with food, I said that I was going to reward myself with crop tops. So every yes. time I lost crop tops, oh, yeah. every time I lost another inch, I was going to buy a new crop top. <laughs> I like that reward. So, yeah, so find new rewards to help yourself feel better, and then just throw it in their face at the end. <laughs> so, but in the, yeah, in the middle of it, just let them know they hurt you. Okay, make sure they hear you in that. I did not like what you said. Yes, this is a struggle for me. It has been, and I know you see that. But for you to be somebody that's supposed to love me, to hear you say that really hurts. And now I just want to prove you wrong. And then go prove them wrong and reward yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love the two piece of that, like the two parts of that. Because one is like, you know, kind of going back to when we were training together, it's you know, do not reward yourself with food. And we've been so conditioned, I think culturally, to like, when everything is, when something good happens, you get something like food, you know, it's your birthday, you get a birthday cake, you know, like everything is surrounded around food. And so I think that that's an important thing. And I just wanted to add like some things to reward yourself can also, so similar to what Brittany did when we were training together, like she went out and actually bought herself clothes that were reflective of her new body, right? Um, another thing that you can also do is start thinking about what are things that you haven't been doing? Like, what are things that maybe you haven't done in a while? Maybe it's like getting a massage. Maybe it's getting your hair done, getting your nails done, like kind of rewarding yourself every time you hit an actual milestone is really going to help with that negative talk from other people because this is your journey. So I think that's super important. Um, do you, they didn't ask this, but I have had others ask me about this. 
how would you deal with negative talk from people who don't know you? So, like, I know that this is, um, I know for a lot of women of color, like, you go to a family function and, you know, the holidays are coming and people telling you, like, girl, you're too skinny. Or, <laughs> like, girl, you're too fat. Like, how do you, how would you help people manage that talk from other people? Um, I would say find your one sentence response that either sets them up or makes them gain interest in what you're doing. So let's say you have lost a lot of weight and you've changed how you're eating and you're at Thanksgiving dinner that hasn't happened since last year. And since last year, you've lost 20 pounds. Um, tell them like, look, last year, I didn't feel good. Last year, I felt sick. This year, I... I am so happy with myself and how I'm feeling physically, but I don't want to change that up. And so either they'll leave you alone or they're going to say, you feel like you, how were, they may ask you, how were you feeling last year versus how you're feeling this year? And now they've kind of gained some interest in what you're doing. And then you get to talk about yourself, which always feels good. Um, but I would, I would say find your one sentence response. So whatever has changed for you that you really like, or last year, the clothes that I wanted to wear, I didn't get to wear because they didn't fit. And I finally fit in that dress that I bought. And I'm not changing that for anybody. Like, whatever your response is to why you started it, one sentence, they'll either shut up or they're going to be interested and you get to talk about you. <laughs> I love that. One sentence. All right. So what about tips to push through a plateau? So I got this question. And... Um, she talked about feeling less motivated when she's been in a plateau. And when I asked her to kind of talk about what is a plateau for her, she said like, she felt like she'd been in maintenance for a long time. And like, she's just not as motivated when she's not seeing progress happening on the scale and like wondering how to push through that mentally. Do you have um, advice on that? Um, Okay, so this is a little about my journey. My scale started changing a lot in the beginning, and then it stopped. I got to like 160, 159, and could not really get lower than that. And I was getting frustrated too. And then I took my measurements. And again, I gained momentum back because I had lost inches when I had stopped losing weight. Um, so one could be finding a new way to gain your measurement. Um, and what is the measurement going to be? Does the weight or the scale may not have changed, but your pants are buttoning. Something happened. Um, the weight, the scale may not have changed, but you have not drank coffee for the past three days and you felt good. Like find a new way to measure to give yourself momentum because most likely something is happening. And then if nothing is happening, um, you're going to have to change what you're doing. Because if you truly hit a plateau, I don't know how to give, help you gain motivation back in that if the plateau is real. Now, if the plateau is false, like you're only looking at one form of measurement, like the scale, which loves to put this, um, maybe you've got to change what, um, how you're rating your, your goals. And then, like I said, if you truly hit a plateau, then definitely got to change something. If you're working with a coach, tell them like something's not working here i need you to refix this um or you set your goal too big maybe you tried to lose 10 pounds in two weeks and you didn't and now you're upset so what did you lose in those two weeks and can you reset for the next two weeks and do the same thing 
Yeah, I love how you structure that in the sense of like, is it a false plateau or is it real? And I think we definitely need to look at that because I, for a lot of women, so I would say most women think they're in a plateau, but they're not. <laughs> they're just not doing something like something that they're actually not do. They're not doing something correctly. So they are thinking it's a plateau, but a lot of times what's plateauing is the fact that we have consistently been doing the same thing um and so something that um i did with Brittany that i do with all my clients is we measure progress in a lot of different ways so measurements the scale how you feel so that's important too like what is actually happening and if the scale isn't moving which is a possibility that doesn't mean that you're not losing fat it doesn't mean that your body's not changing so i think that's important what you mentioned to them it's like you first we have to delineate is it a false plateau or is it actually real um and you know if you're working with a coach talking to your coach about it but if you're not like figuring out what are some other ways that you can look at your progress so i love that um okay so let's talk a little bit more about self-sabotage and how you think that therapy and like really working on your mental health can really help people push through that so what kinds of things like do you think pe- keep people going um in terms of like you know their weight loss journey and just getting like everything right so their their mental health and their weight loss um setting small goals along the way um if you only have one big goal it's gonna take you a while to get there and you're gonna have to keep finding new ways to push yourself to actually reach the goal but if you set smaller goals within that so Let's say your goal, now keep it in weight loss, is to lose 40 pounds. I'm just throwing a number out there. Mm-hmm. We know that that's not the easiest thing to do. So if every time you get on the scale and you've only lost two pounds, and then you lost two pounds, and then you stop losing weight for the next two weeks, um, you're going to be upset over that month. You didn't lose 40 pounds but you did lose four pounds that you measured and if you were also measuring a different way maybe you have lost 10 inches um so you instead of looking at the end goal put little goals along the way so i want to lose 40 pounds by thanksgiving and this is in january let's make it realistic it's january by thanksgiving i want to wear that dress in the closet um along the way give yourselves goals so at the end of january I want to have lost five pounds and then reward yourself. Or I want to lose two pant sizes. And once you've lost those two pant sizes, you need to get to that mall and buy you two or three new pants and be proud of what you're wearing. And that way, once you get to Thanksgiving and you lost the 40 pounds, you didn't wait 11 months to reward yourself. You did it along the way and you felt good. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So how do, you, how do you think people can be persistent even when things are not going their way or going terrible? Life goes terrible, guys. <laughs> Nothing ever works out. You could be having the best day ever and then your kid's school called because they're having a total meltdown or they said a curse word or they were mean to some kid. And now you have to leave work and go pick them up. I, I don't know. Life happens. Um, and so this goes back to like catastrophize, catastrophizing, um, basically making something small, a big, huge blow up. And so that, by that, I mean, like we turn one day of things not going right into a whole month of wallowing. 
Like we have to get back up and we have to keep going because life is going to keep happening. And that is why we have our goals and our whys. If you are on a journey because somebody else told you to do it, it's going to be really hard for you to stay focused and want to keep going. But if you're on a journey because it's something that you want and you have bought into this and you have a why for why you're doing it, um, it'll be easier to get back up when life knocks us down. Okay, awesome. So let's talk a little bit more about therapy, because I know that there's a lot of like, I talk about therapy a lot. And I talk about my own journey, going to my therapist and like, thank the Lord. I mean, and I resisted therapy for years. Okay, years. Because I, I had a mentor who've been telling me to go to therapy since high school. And I was like, I don't need that. I'm good. I'm all set. Until I had a freaking meltdown burnout. And then I, I like I was forced essentially to go to therapy. So can you talk about like, first of all, what, what can we expect when we go to therapy or like getting a therapist? Because I think that sometimes it's just scary because we don't even know what to expect. So can you like talk a little bit about what the process is like? Okay, so a good therapist is not on the very first day that you meet them going to tell them to give you your life, give, give them your life story, tell them every piece of trauma you've ever dealt with and let's talk about your mom and your dad and how they hurt you and what your grandma do and tell me about your best friends like slow down like that's what people think and so they don't want to go because they don't want to talk um it's gonna be it's gonna be a process so the very first i would probably say your first four sessions for sure is just getting to know you um and basically building a relationship. Therapy is creating a new relationship. You learn to trust your therapist. You learn you learn how she's gonna respond to you. You learn kind of like you gain comfort in just kind of building that relationship with her. If I jumped in and told you to tell me your life story, you're just gonna be like, bye, I don't know you. <laughs> exactly. Don't do anything. And so you can expect to cut, you're going to ease your way in there. You have to build a relationship with your therapist. And if you're not interested in doing that, nothing, nothing can progress from there. Mm. It's all about trust and um, relationship building. So give yourself like grace. And uh, what a lot of people do, a lot of my clients do is test me. So I'll get like a little small part of the story at the very end of the session. <laughs> the whole session will be like surface stuff. We're kind of just talking about their day, how they handled this, this and this. And then like, oh yeah, well, when I was 10, my mom did that same thing to me, but it's the end of our session. So I'll talk to you later. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and so basically what they're hoping for, which never happens is that by the next session, I'll have forgotten what they said. Mm -hmm. I'm not forgetting what you said. Now we're <laughs> going to talk about that. But that shows me that they're kind of ready, but still a little scared. Um, but it it's a relationship. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that uh, perspective of it because I think that we often have the idea, or at least me, I was like, so you're telling me I'm about to go and sit down with a damn stranger and tell them my life? Like, that's fucking weird. So yeah. I, I like how you put that perspective on, like, well, essentially we are building a relationship with another human being. And so it's not going to happen, like, automatically. So that's awesome. I like that perspective a lot. So 
who do you think like needs therapy? Like who needs it? Everybody. Um, <laughs> everybody. And the reason I say that is because therapy doesn't have to just be when things are going wrong. It doesn't have to be when you're sick, when you're struggling. Um, around the same time that I started working with you, I actually started with a therapist for the second time. Um, I was along with like with the job and everything else going on. I started having anxiety symptoms, like my chest was starting to hurt. My heart would start racing out of nowhere. Um, I would get excited when my clients canceled, which doesn't make any sense because this is my career. Um, so I knew that I wasn't things weren't okay. And I was seeing her weekly for about two months. Then I went to every other week. And now because it helps, I see her once a month. I go and I unload and I leave it right there. Um, mm. So really all I've done is build a relationship with her, somebody who's completely objective. She has no biases or thoughts into my life. She is not going to call me when I tell her something major, like every day to check on me and it feels like they're hovering. I see her now once a month. If I need to go more, I'll go more, but three to four weeks. And I get to leave it there and I leave. When we do family stuff like that, our mom is calling us every day. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I was just thinking about you. Oh, I told um, the lady from Two Houses Down what you were going through, and this is what she said you should do. Like, that is what family does. <laughs> yeah. The therapist isn't going to do that. And so you get somebody who is truly just listening. They don't have any buy-in. They're not trying to solve your problem like your grandma's going to do, and she tells her whole church group, and now everybody solved your problem together without you. Mm. Like, that doesn't happen. And so everybody can benefit from it. Um, if it, it doesn't have to be something you're going to every week if you're just using it for maintenance. But if you have that relationship when something does happen because life does happen, now you can just start going weekly with her until you get through that. But you've kind of kept that relationship up with somebody who you know is there to help you. Yeah, yeah. So two things. So before we I ask you the next thing, if you guys have any questions, please feel free to use the chat box question thing on the bottom of the screen to ask your questions. Um, because we can't invite you on the screen, but we would love to answer any other questions you have either about mental health, about self sabotage, about anything at all that you feel like is related to this topic, we'd be more than happy to answer it. Okay, so the next thing I want to ask you is actually not something that we planned for, but because I know that you mentioned that you were seeing, you start to see a therapist while you're working with me as your trainer. So, and I know that that's actually something that I encourage a lot of my clients to do because one is I am not a therapist. Okay. <laughs> a coach is very different from a therapist. And obviously like, like I went to school for sociology, psychology. I understand a lot of the emotional components but there are things that are like beyond, right, my level of expertise. And so how do you think, like, what was helpful about having that, like the separation of, you know, you have a therapist and then you have a fitness coach? Like, how do you think that was helpful for you? Um, I think at the time that I started with you, a lot of um, what was happening for me was job stressors, and they kept derailing me. Um like I said, I would get excited when a client would cancel, and that gave me time to go to the gym, but all I did was go lay down. <laughs> and so she, it was just a different outlet to talk about something else because your goal with me is weight loss. 
And so you're going to do everything you can to help me stay on track with losing weight. And she helped me get on track with something completely different so that I can focus on what you were giving me. Because if I didn't do that, I would have just gotten frustrated with you. Like, Masi, I tried. And you're like, well, try harder. <laughs> yeah. And with her, it was it was completely different. Like, I was able to truly work through what was going on that was hindering me from my results with you. Um, and then that, like, it, it, it was two different things. And I couldn't expect you to solve that problem for me because that's not why I hired you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because <laughs> sometimes my clients, I'm like, I love y'all, but I can't be a therapist because mm -hmm. I am not a licensed professional mm -hmm. and y'all can sue me. So I don't got time for that. But no, I mean, honestly, like in all seriousness, though, there, there are different levels to um, our struggles. And I think, and why I wanted to do this is one, because I think Brittany is an amazing professional. Um, and the other is because we need to, especially as women of color, I think there is a lack of one representation of therapists of color, like, because my, my, I've had so many clients tell me like, Masi, first of all, who's your therapist, Masi? Can you hook me up with them? And I'm like, hold up. <laughs> and then they'll ask me like, how can, like, how can I find a therapist of color? I don't know anyone that looks like me. I don't know anyone that's going to understand my culture or my background. So I think that that's like a huge hindrance, but also the fact that we are not self-aware about the actual reasons we cannot lose weight or the actual things that are causing us to self-sabotage. And this is something that I talk to a lot with my clients. And I think I talked probably to you about this when we were working together, but like you have to know where the self-sabotage is coming from in order to address it. So if it's coming from like stuff your mom said to you when you were younger and it's still replaying, then maybe you do need to go to a therapist to like figure that shit out. You know what I mean? Um, but if it's just because like you're really hard on yourself, then perhaps it's not something that you need to go to a therapist about. So I think it's also like for you to have some self-awareness about where am I, you know, am I having anxiety attacks? Like Brittany was like, or when I went to my therapist, it was like, I, I couldn't even get up from bed because I was feeling incredibly like down and depressed. And I was like, what the hell's going on? So I think it's, it's about, we need to understand like, what are we feeling and then having that awareness to know like okay right now i'm self-sabotaging and it's because you know i feel like i have some deep emotional eating problems i'm maybe i'm binge eating so maybe i do need to see a therapist to help me with that so then when i join a program whether it's working with me or any other you know coach or any other program that you're going to be able to apply the information so yeah. i think that that's like awesome yeah so i'd like to re-answer that question because who needs therapy i believe everybody yeah. but when when should you truly seek out therapy um i tell people when your day-to-day -day life is being hindered mm. um so like example for me it got to the i didn't see a therapist until it got to the point that i was excited when my clients were canceling knowing that my livelihood i need to see them in order to make money and i didn't even care <laughs> And so my day-to-day -day life was being hindered by what was going on and I wasn't feeling good. So when you can't get through daily things, you don't want to get out of bed. When your boss is starting to look at your performance at work, when your friends are starting to call you out, when your kid has said something to you, like just kind of makes you stop, like, okay, you just noticed something's going on. Go, you should definitely start and, you know, go see somebody when your daily life, you can't even get through it one day without feeling 
completely broken, then you should go. But therapy helps everybody, but 100% go when you, you don't have an answer, but everybody else is starting to see something going on. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. So I have a few more questions, and then we also have some questions coming into the chat box. So again, if you have any questions that you want Brittany to answer, please drop it in the chat box because we're going to be answering your questions in like two minutes. I just want to get through the stuff that folks asked beforehand. So the next question is, why do you think it's important to have a detached third party? And what does that even mean? <laughs> okay. Um, I think this kind of goes back to what I said. So when what I said earlier in a different question, when we tell our family or friends what's going on, they have what, what I call buy-in into our life. And so let's say you're having relationship problems. You tell your mom and your best friend what's going on in your relationship. What are they going to do? Oh, girl, you need to leave him. Oh, girl, no, you don't need to do that. You know, you need to break up. Y'all, you need to end this. You need to tell him what I said. I'm going to call him tomorrow because I didn't like that. Now everybody's up in your business. <laughs> yes. When it's something you and him probably could work through and you most likely do work through, now who's still mad? Your mom. Why are you bringing him? I thought you just told me he did this. Yeah, well, mom, we worked through it. Yeah, well, I'm still mad. They don't let it go, but you just gave them all of the insight into what was going on. Um, and the same thing happens with friends or um, like anything with work. Let's say you come home and say something that your boss said to you that you didn't really like, um, but you end up solving the problem at work and it's over. Next time you go out for drinks, ooh, girl, what'd your boss do today? I'm like, that's already over. Like, I don't want to go there again. Our friends love us and they're going to always check on us. And the same with our families. They're going to keep checking in and they're going to want to know how we're doing, what's going on. And they're going to stay mad or upset with the other person because they love us. Okay. So they have buy-in into your life. I have no buy-in into your life. I don't know who your man is. I don't know who your boss is. I ain't calling nobody. I don't know. What my objective is, is to help you feel better. If that means you want to work through it, then we're going to figure out some techniques. We're going to figure out how to work through it and how to never go through this again. If you want to leave him, but you don't know how, then we're going to talk about the strength of how to leave. But with your family, they're not going to do that. They're going to take the dance that they believe protects you. I'm not going to do that because I don't know him. I only know you. So what do you want? <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Um, Jazzy is saying, wow, this is so powerful. I know this is some powerful <laughs> shit. This is awesome. Yeah. This is awesome. Um, okay. So how do we take, take charge of our mental health? Like how do we take control of it? Like if we feel like we're out of control, put it, make sure that your mental health is part of your healthy routine. Okay. So we go to the doctor for a checkup. We go to the doctor when we're sick. We buy healthy foods at the grocery store. We um, make sure we go to bed on time. We try and get as much sleep as we can. We drink enough water. Why is our mental health not a part of that? Why does our brain not become a part of what our healthy routine is? Whatever your routine looks like, your brain should be a part of that because it's it plays a role in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way to take charge is to not put your mental health on the back burner. Don't make it the last thing that we take care of um, because it knows everything <laughs> and it knows before we know. 
And by that, I mean, like, um, so there's a saying from, I forgot the name of the author, but the body keeps the score. Mm. So our bodies know what's going on before we are able to actually process what happened. Um, and our brain is kind of able to tell us or help us figure out what's going on. And so we gain weight before we even notice like, oh my God, like I need to change something. By the time sometimes we look up, we're 20 pounds in when we didn't even notice the first five. Mm-hmm. Um, we start noticing our, ch- our chest is hurting. Our heart is racing. I'm starting to get headaches more frequently. My knees are hurting. I'm more tired during the day. Our body knows what happens first. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not taking care of our mental health, we're the last to know. Like Our body figures it out before we do. And so if you make sure that you're not, that your mental health is a part of your healthy routine. So if that means going to get therapist once a month, like I do to help just, just manage, have a place to let things out. And then I may say something that triggers my therapist and she's asking a question. And now I'm like, oh, I didn't even see that, but she caught it before I'm six months in. Um, so don't put on the back burner. Your mental health needs to be a part of the rest of your healthy routine. Good point. It needs to be number one. I always tell uh, my clients and those that um, are in my community on Instagram and like all social media, it's that there is a pyramid of importance when it comes to fitness and wellness and mental, your mental health is number one. That is number one. Without your mental health, you, your ass can't get to the gym. You can't eat healthy. You can't do anything without your mental health. So mental health is all, should always be first and should always be a priority. And I hope that this um, live stream is really helping you kind of rethink maybe some things that you're not 100% invested in in terms of yourself and, and that you recognize that it really is number one. Okay, last question that we got, and then we'll go to these um user user questions we got three here and we only got like 15 minutes left so how how does getting your mental health together like impact other areas of your life do you think um i think that we don't have to take breaks um in order to deal with something that has snowballed out of control so like i'm gonna go to your story just because you said it here on the live um, somebody told you that you should go see a therapist, but you didn't feel like you needed to until you couldn't get out of bed. Mm. You probably wouldn't have got to the point of not getting out of bed had you just listened in the first place and gone and then maybe just used it as maintenance. Um, you may not have ever gotten to that place because you kind of stayed in control of what was happening. Um, it... Okay, kind of how I said about the body keeps the score. Our bodies know what happened before our brain is able to help us register what's going on. Um, we have physical ailments. We feel pain. We gain weight. Um, like, I, the body knows what happens before we do. Um, it's the first that's affected. And then if you are um, continuing to deal with the symptoms that you're experiencing, you start to cancel on friends. The more you cancel, they're going to stop inviting you. You start to slack on your work. Um, and now your boss is asking questions. Hey, like three months ago, you were able to do this. And now I feel like I can't give you any work because you're not turning things in on time. Um, we start to miss important things with our kids or with our family. Um, 
it everything just kind of starts to go to the wayside because we can't even focus on just getting up and being productive. Everything it, everything else just gets pushed to the side, and then our family notices, and now they're all on us. But now we're at the point where we're truly struggling when we could have taken charge in the first place. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's get to these user questions. Okay, let's see. I've never even done this before. Okay, Rose. So is Brittany accepting new clients? I love her energy. Brittany, are you accepting yes. clients or what? I, yes, I am accepting new clients. So the hard part about therapy, which I hate, is that it's by state. Okay, yes. It's not national. I can't see everybody. I am licensed in Texas and Louisiana. And because I love my career and I don't want to be sued, if you're not in that state, I can't work with you. Um, but Rose, please message me because I'd love to help you find somebody. Um, I don't want to leave anybody hanging, especially if you're on this slide. DM me and let me know where you are. If you're in Texas or Louisiana, we're good to go. If you're not, I will help you find someone in your area. Because there is somebody, so I will help you. Yay. Okay, awesome. I love that question. Okay, let's see. Um, uh, okay. I don't know how to read your screen name. I think it's <laughs> Mellow. Um, okay, how do you know if you're seeing a good therapist? That's a good-ass question. That is a good question. Um... You don't, oh, that one's hard to answer. I'd like it. I, I don't know. I feel like I'd like it on the flip side. Is, is, is my therapist doing this? Is that okay? Basically, be an easier question to answer. But, okay, so therapists, we don't really give advice. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life, and your therapist shouldn't tell you what to do with your life. Um, they are there to provide you with guidance. Um you should not look up in your 10 sessions in and all you've talked about is what you did at work the previous session. Like she needs to make you go deeper even when you don't want to. It's not, it shouldn't happen in like the first two or three sessions, but don't get 12 sessions in and have talked about nothing. You're wasting your money. <laughs> Can I just, I want to add to this because I've had two experiences. So I had a therapist once, uh, I forgot how many years ago, but like my first therapist, and she was really good and i and it's just echoing what you're saying um is that like she wasn't really my friend she felt like my friend like kind of what rose is saying like her vibe we vibe because which is probably why you and me you and i vibe right like we had similar personalities in the sense that we were very like we're straight to the point very direct but i knew she was a good therapist because she didn't always agree with what I said and she pushed me a little bit, but not, I don't think it was in a negative way. Like everything she pushed me to do was more so reflective. And then when I thought about it, it was like, damn, yeah, I am avoiding talking to this person about this thing. And I've been avoiding them for like five years. <laughs> right. So yeah. I just feel like it's important to just to feel them out and to also know, like back to what Brittany said earlier about trust. If you don't trust them, then, like, you wouldn't really know. So I think that's important, too. Yeah. If you don't trust them, leave. And your therapist should have boundaries set up. Um, none of my clients are calling me after hours. They're not texting me. They're like, hey, girl, like, what's up? 
no, we're not becoming friends that way. This is a completely different relationship. And if you let me become your friend, then I'm going to be checking up, telling you to break up with him, telling you to leave his sorry ass. Like, you don't want me to do that. Like, that's not what I'm here for. And if you make me become your friend, that's pretty much all you're setting up. So there should be boundaries in place. And if you feel like your therapist hasn't set up boundaries and kind of lets you do whatever you want, it might be time to pay someone else because you're just wasting money. And this is an investment. Damn right. It's an investment. Hey, cheap either. Uh, Because we have some other questions. Okay. Hopefully that answered your question. All right. Jazzy Jazz asks, what types of questions would a therapist ask to help you dig deeper? It's a good one. Um, a lot of whys um so you may tell me something like okay why like why do you feel that way why do you think that's true why do you think that's happening i'm going to make you tell me why you believe this thought that might be in your head um and a lot of times you can't tell me why because it's not real um (laughs) wait wait wait, hold on hold on what you mean by that say that again what you mean by that Okay, so like a negative thought that I can't do this because if I do that, then blank is going to happen. Well, have you tried it? No. Well, then why do you believe it's going to happen? Because I just know. No, why? Why do you like I'm going to make you tell me why. And a lot of times you have a bigger you have a fear of that because something else may have happened. And so we're going to get to that part. Um, But then also a lot of times it's not questions. I'm going to make a statement like, you keep telling me that you want more friends, but every time you come in here, you haven't left your house. Why do you keep coming and telling me you haven't left your house? Like, it, like I'm, I'm going to call you out, and but of course, it's going to feel, it might feel intrusive at first, but I'm basically making you think about the things that you won't let yourself think about. Mm, I like that. I like that. Like your therapist is helping you think about the things you won't think about. And here's the thing. I want to add on to that because I work with a lot. Of, I, I work with a lot of clients and I would say about 98% of them. I tell them you should be seeing a therapist or I hope you're seeing it there. Like I always mention that in our sessions. And I say that for that reason, right? Because as a coach, there's only so much time I have with my clients, right? And it's supposed to be about like your nutrition and your fitness. So if we're spending a lot of time talking about emotional eating or talking about, you know, your negative self-talk, we don't have enough time to go over that in a session, which is why it's so important to see a therapist because your therapist can really dig deep into these things. So I think that's awesome. Jesse says, damn, can you get licensed in Massachusetts? (laughs) Really? You've got all these fans now, all these people yeah. who want you as their t- <laughs> If I If I get enough interest in one state, I might pay for that license. <laughs> Wait, how much is the license? Every state is different. Louisiana was too... Oh, no. I think you froze. Brittany, I think you're frozen. Can you guys hear me? If you can hear me, can you tap in the chat box? I think we are frozen. Either I'm frozen or Brittany's frozen. I can't tell. Oh, Brittany, there she is. I think she got kicked off. Hold on. 
She's coming back. Am I okay? Okay. Hey, hey, girl. We lost you for a second. I was like, yeah, I don't know what happened. Okay. Um. Yeah. Every state is different. I paid two hundred dollars in Texas. I think two hundred and ten dollars in Louisiana. And you have to renew every two years, so it can get expensive. Okay, so we only have a few more minutes, and I yeah. do want to um, make sure that we let people know where to find you after this. So the last question is, tips to recenter once you lose focus. This is a good one from yeah. Sandra. Um, I think you go back to, so I am a, I'm, I'm a pencil and paper kind of girl. Um, like my fiance tells me to use the calendar on my phone. That's not happening. Like I have an actual book. Um, so I write out my goals and my whys and like what I want to happen. So when you lose focus, go back to wherever you wrote that down and please don't ever leave your goals in your head. It can be in your phone. It can be on paper, whatever you use, get it out of your head and into something that you can see. And when you lose focus, go back to that. Because sometimes you may be able to check off two goals that you did um, meet, but you lost focus. So now you kind of regain focus and momentum because you saw you reached those. You just forgot you wrote them down. Um, yeah. yeah. So go back and give yourself like 30 minutes to sit down and regroup. Go back to your old goals. Maybe make some new ones and get started from there. All right. Awesome. I think that's all the questions. Thank you all for your questions. And so, Brittany, if people want to, like, connect with you, if they want to see if you can be their therapist, or if even if they want to see um, how you can help them get a therapist if they are not living in the states that you practice, how can they find you? Okay. Um, the quickest way would just be to go to my page um, on Instagram and um, either send me, DM me, um, or click the link in my bio, and that'll give you two, um, there's two links in there that'll access you to my website, and then that'll help you get more information. If you know, like, if you're not in Texas or Louisiana, um, feel free to DM me, and I will help you find somebody where you're located. Um, but then also check back, because I have some things coming that can help for everybody. I'm not going to announce it yet, but because I'm not allowed to work with everyone because state regulations... I am going to put together some classes that everybody can access. Oh, I love yeah. that. I'm excited about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely jumping on that so that the girls, the ladies can sign up and uh, be a part of it. Cause I know that this is something that we talk about so often and I want to make sure that we can, um, get everybody the access that they need so that's awesome so what how do you spell your name on instagram for anyone who's like watching the replay and they're like okay what's her name because yeah it's um so Brittany shatters um it's b-r-i-t-t-n-e-y-s-h-a-t-t-e-r-s Brittany okay. shatters okay awesome thank yeah. you so much Brittany, yeah. for coming on if anyone has any last minute questions you can try to drop it in the comments or drop it in the question box. I know that um, I started at 7.30, so in like three minutes, I'm probably sure it's gonna cut off. Um, oh, and I think Brittany froze a little bit here, but thank you so much, Brittany, for coming on. Yes, I'm glad I came. I hope okay. I helped. Yes, if there's any more questions, guys, you can send them. Um, I'll answer them the best I can. Try not to get too personal because I'm going to tell you I can't answer that. Um, but if it's any, like a quick question, I'd be happy to help. 
So wait, okay. So can you give just like a little, like an example? What is like, um, what is like an acceptable question that someone could ask you on social media? And what's something that's like too much? Too much? Um, so techniques, um, I'd be happy with to help with techniques, like how to help you get through something that's going on. But if it's, oh, that's hard to answer. If I feel like the question is deeper than me sending you like a paragraph on Instagram, like your your question was way too deep. I don't think it's fair to answer through like text like that because you're not really going, I don't believe it's going to help you. Um, so if you think your question like cannot be answered by me typing on Instagram and it's like just a deeper question, I'm not going to be able to go into that. I don't think it's fair to you. Okay, yeah. So, because I know that you wrote on your bio, which I don't know if you still had it there, but that shit was funny because I was like, yes, finally. She said something about like Instagram ain't therapy or something. Oh, yeah. Therapy doesn't happen on Instagram. It does not. (laughs) I can't do that. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's awesome. So, the ladies are saying, yes, you did. Rose is giving you the hand claps. Yes, you did. (laughs) Yes, he says. Miss Diadis says, thank you. This was very helpful, very informative. One of the best I've watched today. Yes, honey. Yes. <laughs> Getting down to the nitty gritty. So we have about five minutes left before Instagram cuts us off. So if you ladies have any other questions that you would like Miss Scott to answer, feel free to uh, type it into the chat box. And then Brittany, is there any final words, piece of advice, anything that you kind of want to leave the ladies with tonight? Therapy is never a bad idea. Okay. It's never bad. If you start does not mean that you, you stay forever. Mm -hmm. It also doesn't mean like if you don't vibe with the therapist, stop going. Um, You can find somebody else. There's, I wish there were more black therapists out there and I know every community doesn't have enough of them, but there are good therapists out there who can help you. Um, and so it's never a bad idea. Even if you decide after four sessions, you don't want to go, those four sessions weren't wasted. Uh Yeah. So it's never a bad idea. Okay. So if you feel like you, you might get something out of it, try it. If you hate it, stop going. Find someone new. Don't force yourself to like it because then you're just wasting money. But if you go to try it, you didn't waste anything. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brittany, for coming on and doing this Q&A. It was super informative. I agree with the ladies. Like, gems. If you're feeling this podcast, please share the episode with someone you think might find it helpful. Make sure you screenshot, post, and tag me on IG so I can connect with you more. And to get notified on the next episode here on Get Fit with Mossy, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening and talk soon.